everyone, and welcome to the Screen Strong Families podcast, bringing you the best solutions for parents who are serious about eliminating screen conflicts in their home. This is Melanie Hempe, and I'm so glad that you are here today. I hope you're having a great day. It's the end of summer. Before we know it, school is starting here. It's so crazy. But welcome, everyone. If you are a new friend, we are especially glad that you found us. We hear lots of life-changing stories from our community and from parents that jump on this podcast and they start learning more and more and understanding more about screens and teens and what's happening with their kids. Just really ages, little ages up to the big ages in our house. We have a lot of questions and there are a lot of people out there that are really suffering with screen overuse in their home. So today we have Dr. Stacy joining us again. Welcome, Dr. Stacy. Thank you for having me. We are so glad that you have uh, been able to help us so much. Thank you so much for helping. We have done just a lot of work with Dr. Stacy this summer, and we are so excited. We'll chat a minute at the end about a few things that we're brewing over here. It'll be really exciting news for everyone. But before we get started with our topic today, which I love what we're going to do today. This is one of my favorite things to do um, is to um, go over books and recommendations for things that parents can read and use for more education because we all need more education. But before we get started, Dr. Stacy, I have to tell you, it was last week, I was out and about, ran into a mom who goes to our school. And I mean, I run into moms a lot that go to our school because <laughs> I think we all do if we're out and around and mostly in the grocery store. I think I run into people in the grocery store. Anyway, she told me that she was very excited that they had waited till eighth grade. Her son is now going into ninth grade, but they'd waited till the end of eighth grade to give their son a smartphone. And she was like, so excited to tell me this. <laughs> I'm like, well, um, may not be the the greatest decision. And she said, oh, no, I, I, you don't understand, Melanie. My son is so much more mature than everyone in his class. <laughs> and so I, I don't mean to chuckle at this, but just wanted you to make a comment about why do parents think um, that their kids are so much more mature than anyone else in their class. And I, I'm not trying to really poke fun at this. It's sort of a, a blind spot, I think, that we have as parents. But from your perspective as a psychiatrist, what what is your thought on that? Why would this mom think that her son is so different from everyone else? Oh, I think we all do. I think we all think our children are a better basketball player or, you know, a smarter student or um, more, more mature, well beyond their years. And I think that mm-hmm. we look at our children, you know, through, through the lens that we see them, it's different than what reality is, of course, because they're, um, you know, sort of rose colored, I guess, for the most part. So I think yeah. it's important to remember that, you know, our, our children are unique in their own qualities, but in, in general, teenagers' brains follow a trajectory, right? So there's a development that happens in the human brain that follows a timeline. So there's, it's very unlikely that an eighth grader's brain would be mature to the age of a 25 year old. Right. Right. So um, I think that we all sort of look at our kids through a different lens. Um, Just, you know, that's just nature. You know, it's interesting because last night I was at 
uh, my son, he's um, in the fourth grade and he's on a little football team. And last night we were <laughs> at the game and um, I had a mom come up to me and say, you know, thank you so much for sharing all this about smartphones. She said, my 11th grader is kind of the last woman standing without Instagram. And she's on and on about how she needs Instagram. And, um, and I said, and this friend of mine said, you know, I said to my daughter, I shouldn't even have Instagram. Hmm. I'm not going to give you Instagram. So I thought that was really good, you know, and she said, you know, I deleted Facebook recently because I felt like it wasn't serving me. And, and so I thought that was a good insight that I feel sometimes as well, you know, I shouldn't even have some of these social media platforms because it, you know, can waste your time. Not that they're all bad, but I thought that was an interesting. No, that's really interesting that she is hanging in there and sounding very screen strong. And, you know, the, the other thing that I think of all the time, and I think the reason why this eighth grade mom raising ninth grade boy and, and, you know, I think the reason why they think this is because there are some good things about it, right? There's good things about everything. I mean, you can always find something good about anything, even if it is bad. I mean, right. <laughs> you know, n- not everything is just a hundred percent or very few things I think are just a hundred percent horrible, even though I could think of some things right now that are, but um, technology is certainly not one of those things that's a hundred percent bad. And so this is where we get tripped up and, good job for this rising 10th grade mom that you were just talking about that, you know, she's able to see clearly because it is really hard to see. And it is very easy to think that your child is the one who can handle it. But just like you said, no eighth grade, ninth grade, 14 year old brain is uh, mature is a 25 year old brain. And, you know, no matter what you do, you can't speed that up. You you can right. help with executive function skills, but you can't, it's like you can't force wisdom teeth to come in when your kid is 10, right? These are just right. developmental things that that happen. And I think we have uh, endless love for our kids and it's very hard to really believe that they'll lie to us or that they'll make bad choices. You know, we think, well, we've told them what to do. So so surely they're not going to do the wrong thing and they are. And it's just right. really hard. I think one way for us to fix our blind spots, I guess, you know, we all have them. I have them. You have them. We all have them. It, it's fascinating for me when I do more and more research on this, on the psychology behind biases and blind spots, how strong they are and how powerful they are. And so one thing that we can do so we can be sure that we are balancing our biases <laughs> is to educate ourselves. And so today we are going to dive into a few books that Dr. Stacy and I love. She's got three that she picked. I have three I picked. Of course, we probably each have about 30 more that we could talk about for sure. For sure. And, um, <laughs> and we're both very avid re- readers, but reading books, good books. Now there's not always good books, right? So you can spend a lot of time reading books that aren't so great. And I've done that. And so what we've done at Screen Strong is we've really, we've, we've vetted and really figured out, you know, which books are really on the nose and really speak to this issue. And I mean, there's some that are good. Everybody means well, but there's some that are just a little more scientifically based, I guess, than others. And so let's jump in. I want to hear, let's, let's just start. And again, I want everybody to know this is not 
conclusive list. (laughs) We're not concluding saying these are the top six best books because there are so many and we will take maybe six more in a few months, right? But for now, let's start with the first ones that came to our minds. So why don't you start with your first one? Sure. So the first one I want to recommend is Disconnected, How to Reconnect Our Digitally Distracted Kids. And this is by Thomas Kirsten. And Tom is a psychotherapist, and um, I love this book. One reason I love it for busy parents is that it's 92 pages. So it's, you know, small enough you can carry it in your purse. You could put it in your card when you're sitting in carpool line, um, and it's a great book to read. So it's divided into three parts. So the first part is the impact of electronic devices on our kid's brain. So it's a really succinct sort of primer on what these devices do to our kids' brains, which I love. And then the second part is technology's effect on social, emotional, and family growth. Love that. So it talks about sort of how it affects kids in their day-to-day life. And then the third part is what you can do. So tips, techniques, solutions. I've actually done book clubs with parents on this book. Um, And the reason I've chosen this one is because it is so succinct. And so, you know, we're all so busy. Sometimes it's hard. I love to read. So I read, you know, numerous books a week, but for a lot of parents, that's just not something they can do. So I love this one. And I've got I've done book clubs and whole presentations just on this book. Now it was written in 2016. So I'd love to have an update. Well, he has an update. So I will, I have both the one from 2016 and you're right. I wanted you to talk about that one. Cause if you can still find that one, that one's still really good. And it's short. That's the thing we really like about that. Cause parents can read it really quickly. Um, and also Tom Christine is a friend of ours and he has been on our podcast. So if you're, listening and want to just hear some of his philosophy, please jump on um, our podcast and you can find his episode on there. But in 2020, he did come out with a new version and it is still called, yeah, it is still called disconnected. And the tag is how to protect your kids from harmful effects of device dependency. This one is a, a little bit longer, but it still has exactly the same parts that you just talked about. Okay, the, um, the three parts, it has all the three parts, but it, it does have um, more current research in it. And he does have, I, I love how in his um, section where he talks about what to do, he says to delay through adolescence. And that's what we really believe too. So anyway, it's a little bit longer. It's 195 pages. So it's a, it is longer. He's done a little more research and he's also coming out with a new book that it's not out. It will be out next year. So it's not disconnected again, but it's a different one that he has. So we just love Tom Kirstein because he is a very good communicator. He is a dad. He's in the school. He was in the school system for so long working with kids every day. I just, I think parents would love this one because it's very easy to, understand, right? Have a highlighter handy for sure. Yeah. It's very easy to understand. And you understand that he's not just a researcher up in an ivory tower somewhere. He is, he is in the weeds, boots on the ground every day with these kids. And that's what makes it so good. I think. Yes. I love that one. Okay. So the one that I picked up front that I Love, love, love. Of course, we both love Victoria Dunkley's Reset Your Child's Brain. And we're not going to talk about that one today because we talk about that one a lot. But we will just say that that one is super if you want to 
really get the deep dive into more of the science, right? But the one that I picked for parents to read is called Breaking the Trance. I love this book. It's by Georgia Lynn and Cynthia Johnson. And we've also had them on our podcast. So you can listen to them as well. Last year, we did have sort of a book club. We had some of these books on and we had the authors on. We're going to be picking that up again with some of our new format that we're doing on our site coming up that we'll be talking about very soon about that. And we'll be picking up that concept of having a book club or having a book of the month. And that we're going to do that again. But this one, Breaking the Trance, A Practical Guide for Parenting the Screen-Dependent Child. This book is so fabulous because it is kind of uh, not as deep as Victoria Dunkley's book, but it's kind of like the first step that you want to read. And it actually goes into a lot of the science and it does it in a way that is super, super easy to understand. We used um, and had them help us with our online course. So I, I love the way that they are able to take the science and really make it super easy to understand. They have a whole chapter. This one's entitled Brains Awash in Adrenaline, What Overclocking the Brain Does to Bodies, Minds, and Nervous Systems of Screen-Dependent Children. Like that chapter is so good. The chapter four, The Deepest Wound, Interrupted Identity Development. We talk about this all the time about how it's not even the bad content that your kids are seeing or the time wasted. It is their identity development crisis that we're in. Right. They talk about that. They talk about the personalities of gamers. And I haven't ever heard anybody do this before. Um, that was fascinating to me because, you know, I raised a gamer, right? So, and then they have rules for schools, what you can do to make sure your child's school is part of the solution. Anyway, there are 12 chapters. Each one of them is fabulous. There is not anything in this book that I would say you could skip this. It, it's just really, really good. I can't say enough good things about this book. Oh, the last thing says you are in charge. Love it. That's the conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> so it's breaking the trance. It is a very quick read. The print is, is bigger than normal, <laughs> which I like for us moms who are in carpool line trying to read quickly, right? So yeah. I love, 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 love this book. So what's the next one that you have on your... Okay. So my next one I'm going to recommend is The Teenage Brain, A Neuroscientist Survival Guide to Raising Adolescents and Young Adults. And this is by Dr. Francis Jensen, which is spelled with a J, J-E-N-S-E-N. This one is a little bit more science heavy and not just about technology. But I think anyone that's got a preteen you know, yes. or a teenager of any age. I think this is an amazing book. So it goes through um, how teenage brains are different from adult brains. It talks about learning, sleep, why teenagers like to take risks. It goes into, you know, things like tobacco, alcohol, marijuana, drugs, like how stress affects the teenage brain. It talks a little bit about mental illness gender, sports, and then it also talks about, you know, the chapters, the digital invasion of the teenage brain. You know, as things are, this one is 2015. So of course, I'd love an update as well. But there's so many resources in this book. Um, and it's not super long. It's, you know, it's, it's probably, an easy read. Yeah, and it's 300 pages. But a lot of it is diagrams. And there's lots of good 
anecdotes and stories in here and the chapters aren't super long so you could easily sit down at night and read a chapter a day but i think the thing i love you know of course i'm a psychiatrist so i went to medical school and you know did a lot of neurology and so all of this for me is you know a I've heard it before, but for someone who this sort of information is new for them, the way she writes it is so understandable. And that's yeah. what I like about it, because um, I think that you could sit down and read this with no medical background and be able to understand right. what she's talking about. And I love to do reviews on this one for educators. So mm -hmm. high school teachers and counselors, because it really helps them to understand why teenagers act the way they do, why they do the things they do. And I think for any parent with a teenager, this is a must read. Highly recommend. No, you're exactly right. It's not specifically about screens, even though she does touch on this. And I actually spoke with Dr. Jensen uh, just a few weeks ago, actually, and she is actually starting to work on a, uh, another book. So um, she's going to have a lot of MRIs and functional MRI material in it. I don't know. It was very, very fascinating talking with her. And I'm trying to get her to jump in and help us with our new project that you're going to be helping us with too. Um, it's Screen Strong. But this is, you're right, this is a big picture sort of book about teenagers. And if you have a child, please get this book. Yeah, our educators, if you're an educator, please reach out to us because I would love to talk with, we love to talk with teachers and parents and even teenagers because this stuff that's in this book, it will really help you understand why your kids or your students do the things they do. Yeah, it's a life, it's a life changer. This book, it, it's like a handbook about teenagers. Yes. yes. Right. And I highly recommend yeah. And please read it before your child becomes a teenager, if yes. you can. <laughs> please. You want to get the um, cheat sheet before it happens. <laughs> so um, this book will calm you down so much. It will just make you so calm because you'll be like, oh, I understand why they dyed their hair purple now. I get it. Like it makes it for your kid as well. I think they'll find it interesting. You know, yeah. they explain to them, this is why when... When, you know, me and your dad or your teacher or whatever have this experience, we do this and this is why instead your brain goes Does this. Right, right. And so I think yes. super helpful. Yeah. You know, when I first opened this book and I've been toting this book around for years because when I do TV events and stuff, I always, back in the day before I had too many of these other books, I always had this one in my pocket and I would always bring it and hold it up and say, everybody read this book. And, but when you first open it, there's a quote from Mark Twain, and this is when I fell in love with this book. The quote is, when I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant, I could hardly stand to have the old man around. But when I got to be 21, I was astonished by how much he'd learned in seven years. <laughs> I love that quote. <laughs> I love that too. And this book explains that. It explains why your child um, goes from thinking that they're the smartest um, kid in, you know, the block to all of a sudden realizing that now, hey, mom and dad, you know, maybe you really are smarter than I thought you were. <laughs> right. So definitely, this is a good book club. All these are good for book clubs and for gathering your screen strong parents and having more discussions about it. The next one that I have is screen schooled. Just, I grabbed this one because of the time of the year that we are in. And this book is by Joe Clement and Matt Miles. They also have been on our podcast. So if you 
don't have time to read all these books, maybe you can at least listen to the podcast first to, um, to get going before you read it. But if you ever wondered about what your kids were doing during the school day <laughs> with their screens, wonder no more. You can read this book and find out exactly what they are doing from the eyes of two teachers, two very seasoned teachers who got together to let parents know what was happening in the classroom from the time that you drop your kids off at the carpool line to the time that you pick them up. So some of their chapters include the myth of the technology enhanced super kid. I think that's like one of my favorite chapters in here because we thought, remember, we all thought that all this technology in the classroom was going to make our kids brilliant. And what has it done? It has lowered all of our standardized test results. I mean, it's not making our kids brilliant. Anyway, it's 10 chapters. It's 211 pages or a little bit longer. That's the page here at chapter 10. It just is such a fabulous read, not only for teachers, but again, especially for teachers, but for parents who are trying to understand why their teenagers are um, anxious, why this digital world is causing the anxiety, what you can do to reestablish support from home, how to revitalize social interaction by taking the screens away, which is what we say all the time. Your kids Mm -hmm. don't really get social on a screen. They get more social when they're off of a screen. And then he has, it's very interesting. They have a whole chapter on that technology is widening, not closing the achievement gap. And so all the research and statistics and all of the studies that talk about what happens when lower income families get technology that these kids do worse, that we thought it was going to make everybody smarter and it's not, it's causing a lot of distraction and a lot of problems. But this screen school is the the tag on it says two veteran teachers expose how technology overuse is making our kids dumber. They're really on the nose. Like they don't beat around the bush with this book. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah, I love this too. And I think we're going to see a lot more come out about this. I think there's a lot of educators that are seeing this in the classroom and are just like, we've got to turn the tables on this because with COVID, we didn't have any choice, right? Everyone was at home. We're on these devices. And now I think the teachers are seeing the repercussions. So I think this is a great book to start with to kind of get yourself educated about what's going on and take the next step and really engage with your kids' education team and talk to them about how you don't want your kid on a screen. So I love that. And if you want to give a little gift to your teacher at the beginning of the year, grab a copy of this book. In fact, maybe order five or six paperbacks and just hand it to them. And you don't want to do this, you know, judgmental way, but just say, you know, I read this book. It's really good. You may enjoy it. They will love this book. They will. And I I just checked on Amazon. It's for $10 right now. So Yeah, Yeah. grab that and um, hand out some copies. I think that the teachers would love it because you'll be hard pressed to find a teacher who doesn't agree with that. Like, let's get these screens out of the classroom. Right. And you can say to them, look, we're changing up what we're doing with the screens in our house. And they're going to love you for that, by the way. Um, And you can say, we read this book and we love it. We want you to have a copy. And again, you can do it in a way that it's not saying, you know, that's not ugly. You can just say, look, we're all learning. We're all on this learning curve (laughs) and we love this book and we want you to have this copy. And when you're done with it, I always tell teachers when I give them books, I just say, please pass it to another teacher when you're done. So I love doing that. So what is your next one? We have two more. Okay. So my third one is hold on to your kids. Why parents need to matter more than peers. 
by Drs. Gordon Newfield and Gabor Mate. I'm not sure if I'm yeah. saying that correctly, but yeah. um, this book is amazing. So, you know, the what we think is going on or what we know is going on is that parents are letting their kids' friends raise them, right? And so right. this book is about why we need to step up as parents and why we need to matter, why we need to be the ones that are in charge. So part one is the phenomenon of peer orientation. And it talks about why parents matter more, why, you know, why we've sort of swung in this direction of letting our kids peers sort of raise them in a way. And then Mm -hmm. part two is how peer orientation undermines parenting. So it talks about why children become disobedient, the flatlining of culture. And then part three is stuck in immaturity, how peer orientation stunts healthy development. So of course, as a psychiatrist, I love that section because it talks about healthy brain development and how we can sort of um, prevent that by allowing, you know, this sort of upended peer raising. And then part four is, sort of the part four and five are kind of the solution parts, how to hold on to your kids or how to reclaim them. And then part five, preventing peer orientation. And then this, um, if you buy the newer version, it has a part six, which is a postscript for the digital age, how to hold on to kids in the era of the internet, cell phones and video games. Now it is still a little bit older. I think it might be 16 or 17, you know, it takes a while to write a book and get it out there in production. So, you know, and this is not specifically about smartphones or technology, but it's an amazing book. And when you read this, you will start to notice things in your parenting and your children and their interactions with their friends that you didn't notice before you read the book. And it's so, it's so good. It's a little bit heavier, you know, I mean, it's, there's just Mm -hmm. more information and there's just a lot in the book. So it's one that, you know, Maybe it will take a little bit longer to read, but the chapters aren't super long. So I think you could do a chapter a day or two. And I think it will really change the way you look at how you parent for sure. It will. And the collapse of parenting, we're not going to go over that whole book today, but that does dovetail a lot off of this book. So uh, Leonard Sachs took a lot of the information um, and he refers to it in the collapse of parenting as well. We have a lot of podcasts from Leonard Sachs too, as well, but Hold on to your kids is sort of the Bible when it comes to parent attachment and healthy parent attachment. I think that as a culture, we have been so just bombarded by the media and by child specialists out there to not be over controlling. Like that's the big no, no. And so as we try not to be over controlling, we, we go the opposite direction and, let go too early. And that's really what right. hold on to your kids. I love this on the back. This is what it says. Hold on to your kids explains the causes of this crucial breakdown of parental influence and demonstrates ways to reattach to sons and daughters, establish the proper hierarchy in the home, make kids feel safe and understood and earn back your children's loyalty and love. I love that. I think mm-hmm. that's exactly what we're trying to do. And you mm-hmm. know, there's this whole um, sort of epidemic of what we call helicopter parents or lawnmower parents. Mm-hmm. And we're letting our kids peers raise them. And as a result, we are trying to erase any sort of hardship from them. And this book talks about how we need to be 
the hierarchy. We need to be the ones that are setting the stage for, you know, how, um, how they do things and, you know, what the hierarchy in the home looks like. I love Mm -hmm. it. Oh yeah. And you know, it's so science-based and that's what I want everyone to just keep in mind when you're reading a book and you're choosing a book to read, research the author a little bit. Cause there's a lot of people out there that are, um, I, I was reading something the other day and it was by, she was saying that she was a, um, media specialist or something, but she was a real estate agent. I'm like, this isn't a media specialist. <laughs> like mm-hmm. be sure, be sure in these books that we're talking about and giving you today, really the authors are experts. They really are. They're not out selling cars. Like they really understand what they're doing. Hold on to your kids. I think the title can throw you. Don't let the title throw you. Um, even though after you read it, you totally get it and you totally understand it. But again, we were all kind of jaded. Melanie, this book was in my car and my 12 year old was like, Oh mom, what is that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, which I thought was hilarious. (laughs) So I was explaining to her what the what the book was about, and she was so cute. She said, "Mom, I love your parenting." I was like, "Thank you." Oh, that's like, a cute thing to say. Yeah. She saw the title, and she she said, saw the title. What is that? It's like um, gross. Yeah, right. That these authors, like um, one is a a psychologist, like a clinical, a PhD, and the other one's a physician who's yeah. an expert on ADHD and mind body health, so and addiction. So these authors, I mean, this is gold. The real deal. Yeah, it really is. And the collapse of parenting also, you know, Dr. Sachs is an MD and a PhD. And so just be careful that you're really looking at the experts. And that's what we're doing at Screen Strong. We are bringing these experts to you, even with Dr. Stacy and all of her wisdom and partnership with us. We are not about just finding more and more fluff out there and more opinions out there. We don't need any more opinions. We need to get down to the facts and do that in a way that parents can understand because it can be confusing. So the last book that we're going to talk about today, and we'll do this again. This has been really fun because both of us have like bookcases full of books for you. Recommend, right? <laughs> yeah, we do. We do. But the last one today, before we wrap up, I just want to share drum roll. The Wired Child. It's called Wired Child Reclaiming Childhood in the Digital Age by Richard Fried. Richard Fried is one of my all time long-term friends in this space. And the reason why this book is so close to my heart is because this is the first book. Well, actually it's the second book, but it was the first book that I did in a book club with the uh, kids that parents of the kids that were my boy's age. So The Wired Child makes a great book club book. And all these do, but there's something about the wired child that's a little bit different the way he has the the way that Richard Fried has the chapters. So there's 10 chapters in here again. And it's just, they're just long enough to be perfect. They have a lot of headlines in the chapters. I know this sounds kind of silly, but it's easy to read when you have a lot of headlines and you you can organize your thoughts. Because I know I talk to busy moms all the time and they're so scattered and sometimes it really is hard to concentrate on a book but Richard makes it really easy to concentrate he also has a practice where he sees kids all day long plus he has his own kids so he's drawing off of the science he's drawing off of medical knowledge not just oh this is just what i think in my opinion so the first chapter build the strong family your child needs this this is, he just nails it. He says, most parents believe that technology brings families closer, 
So why is it the opposite true in how to foster parent-child bond? So he gets it right away in the first chapter. He totally quotes a lot from Hold On to Your Kids, by the way. In fact, Richard's book was the first book where I learned about Hold On to Your Kids and this whole concept of um, peers raising peers and parent attachment disorders. This was a life changer and it was a life changer for our little group. In fact, those moms today, years later, we still talk about this book. We still talk about how that this book was the first time that we really understood how technology was stealing our kids and how we mm-hmm. had to get it back and how we weren't going to apologize for it anymore. He, he does it in very, very simple language. So hold on to your kids. That book is more like the Bible of the subject, right? It's the big one. This one is probably a little more, it's a little bit shorter and it's a little bit easier to understand. The other thing that I really understood in this book was the idea how kids can hate school. And I remember thinking, oh, wow, that is so profound because our kids shouldn't hate school and how technology can make them hate school because they love their video games more than they love their school. And that really hit home for me. How to nurture young children's brain development, be the loving, strong guide your child needs. These are some of the other chapter titles. And his chapter number eight about the peer-oriented kids is called Keep Your Kids Close. Love it. Love. I just love the title of that chapter. Keep your kids close. It doesn't mean that you smother them. You just keep them close. You you have to, because he says in the uh, chapter, it says preteens and teens now typically shift their ties from parents to peers who are accessible 24-7 via tech. But the bond with parents is more important and must be kept strong. That is kind of the essence of Screen Strong. We're trying to help people, trying to help parents keep their kids close to them so they can build them up and be their coach and actually coach them and not let them go too soon. Because I think you would agree that that our kids, we lose our kids when they get too enamored with technology. And I think that's why right. your practice is probably full. The kids, the teenagers, young adults, they've lost their way. They've lost their roots. They don't have that strong foundation. And Wired Child, we've got Richard on our podcast. He's been on a number of times on our podcast. So you can listen. He's He's a very good speaker on this topic. And um, I think we've given y'all a bunch of ideas for books. So you've got a book to give your teachers. You've got a couple to read for yourself. You've got a couple for your book club. Any other words of encouragement about reading, Dr. Stacey? I know that you are an avid reader. How do you find time to read? You've got such a busy life with four kids in the practice. Because I'm not on my phone. No, Um, (laughs) I don't know. It's just a I don't watch TV really, um, which is maybe weird for a lot of people, but I, you know, spend a lot of my days talking and listening and there's a lot of noise. So at the end of the day, I like to have some quiet time and read, but um, I've always been a big reader and my kids are big readers. You know, I mean, that's just, you know, Mm -hmm. I love to read. Um, And I'm always at every time reading a fiction book and a nonfiction book. So I can kind of decide at the end of the day what my brain's ready for. But, and I think it's important too, to like keep looking for new research and new things, you know, to read about on this topic, because of course, this is all developing as we, you know, grow and learn. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and I think that if you, 
you know, if reading at night is hard for you or you don't like to read a book, look for what's available on platforms like Audible where you can listen to them in the car or while you're going on your you know, morning walk or whatever it is, because I think it's easy to get inundated with things that are for entertainment, but I think it's great to really try to keep growing our brains and our knowledge, especially when it comes to parenting and how to help our kids, you know, have be the healthiest adult they can be. I love those tips. And I, I also read a ton and I have been reading for 10 years. So my kids have been little, you know, when the twins were little, I was reading still a lot. And what I figured out was I could read a book a week. And the way I would do it is I would just carry it with me and my purse. And I, all the little nooks and crannies of the day while you're waiting in line at the post office or the doctor's office or waiting in line at carpool, did a lot of that, right? And my kids are driving now, so I don't do carpool anymore. But boy, I mean, I would get there 10 minutes early and that 10 minutes every day or twice a day, that's that's pretty good. And if you are listening and you haven't read any of these books or some of them, go on your favorite bookseller, whatever that is, and buy all of them. Put one in your purse, put yeah. one in your car, put one yeah. on your nightstand, you know, and then when you have a minute, you can, you know, just read a chapter. And, um, you know, that's the good thing about books like these that aren't fiction, you know, I mean, you can read a little bit at a time, keep a highlighter handy and, you know, make some notes. And, you know, that's a lot better, I think, for your brain than yeah. pulling your phone out, which we're all, you know, prone to do. If you look around a waiting room now at a doctor's office, everyone's, you know, on their phone, but just, you know, a lot of these books are small enough that you could, you know, stack them away somewhere like in your purse or your backpack or in your car. Um, and so then when you find yourself having a few minutes, I love that tip. Then you can just read a chapter or like in the post office. I mean, who's ever been to the post office where you don't wait in line, right? Oh, I know. You're always waiting in line. Yeah. Bring that in there with you. And but you, I love what you just said. we got to trade the, the phone for the book. And so instead of pulling your phone out, you pull your book out. Even if you only read one page. It's you're still that much further ahead. And it may sound like, well, I can't concentrate. Well, you can, you really can. And this sounds crazy, but just as we're talking, I remember, and I don't do it so much now because I have more time to sit down now and read when my kids are doing their homework, by the way, when they practice their piano, I'm reading a book. When they're doing their homework, I'm reading a book because we're very present while they're doing their homework. Um, we, we sit where we can see them. Uh, we can see their computers. Even now, even now, I know some people think that's crazy, but I don't think it's crazy at all. My kids appreciate it. And I'm with them. I'm present with them. And this is my homework. I have all these books to read. But one thing that I just remembered, um, I used to read when I was cooking. Okay. I know that sounds crazy, but if I'm like stirring a pot or in the kitchen, you know how from the, you know, from four o'clock to six, you just live in the kitchen. So keep mm -hmm. a book in the kitchen because invariably you're going to have to wait five minutes for something to heat up or, you know, you're making a recipe. I would have my book open. I'll never forget that because my kids would come in and say, are you reading again? <laughs> We're hungry. Well, I mean, that's, a, that's a great point you make is that then your kids will see you yes. spending your time doing this, right? Yes. So when yes. you're, um, you know, wherever you are waiting, they're seeing you filling that time trying to do something positive rather than yeah. scrolling, you know, Instagram or um, you know, of course I look on Instagram every now and then as well. You know, I mean, it's not, I'm saying sure. not to do that at all, but you know, right. and then you can make that your default to do that. And, uh, my husband actually reads on his iPad. Um, 
And so for him, that's easier because it's smaller and he can have a lot of books on there. Um, You know, so we don't, of course, want our kids doing that, but they're always kind of teasing him because like, oh, dad's on his iPad all the time. Always showing them, oh, it's it's a book. And then they, you know, think that's cute. But, you know, whatever makes it accessible for you. Of course, I think it's great to have the paper book, you know, and not, I think right now you take one for the team and you, you ditch the iPad right now. Now your husband, I get, and he's busy and he's a doctor and he's doing a lot. I get that. But when you're around your kids all day, the parent who gets more visible around, you know, y'all get, get paper books and read. And the other thing that I recommend is, um, cause all my books are completely dog eared, like every single page. So what I started getting are those little post-it tabs, you know what I'm talking about? And then I can tab the page with a little colorful sticky note thing and they make Ronnie, these things. Do not, do not dog ear your pages. That is, that is like, um, against the rules of it's against the rules. I know. I, I'm guilty. I need to go to therapy because I dog ear yeah. my pages. Yeah, right. No, I love the idea of the, of the tabs. I think that's great. Then you have something to come back and look at, you know, to remind yourself of things. I, I absolutely love that idea. You know, one time, my kids and I were looking for something to do on a, on a Friday night and we all went to Barnes and Noble and they have a little cafe in there, you know, yeah. so everybody got a book and we went and sat down in the cafe and had a little snack and read. And it was fun because we could talk to each other about what we're reading and what book we chose. And yeah. um, so I think your kids seeing you reading is so yeah. great. Yeah. And then they might ask, Oh, what do you, reading about like, oh, reset your child's brain. What's that about? And you can kind of talk mm-hmm. to them about the things that you're reading. Oh, everybody in the family should talk at dinner about what they're reading. And that makes a really good conversation. We have this thing called reading roundup that we did when the kids were little, where we would all get our blankets and I would make popcorn and we'd go sit in the den and it was our reading time. And then we could, like you said, either, you know, going to Barnes and Noble would be fine too, but we just would do it at home and we could talk about it. That's really important to do that. Now I always have a pencil with me when I'm reading. I cannot read without a pencil because I have to underline, I have to make notes. It's a weird thing. And the other thing that I do when I find one of these books, like we talked about today, I actually take notes. And so I have my own version of cliff notes for each of these books. So when I am writing blog posts or doing podcasts or actually doing the uh, workshops that I do live, then I can quickly reference what page I found something on and share that with parents. But that's just my sort of obsessive way that I read. I have to have my pencil so I can make little stars and underline things. I I don't know. Do you, do you underline your books at all? (laughs) You know, I do. And I, um, I use highlighters and I write in the margins and sometimes what I'll do mostly because I give talks and do book clubs is I'll do little PowerPoint outlines of certain books yes. so that if I'm meeting with the group, we can do sort of a review of the teenage brain or we can do a review of, you know, disconnected or whatever. And so I love to do that, make little notes. Yeah, that's really important for me to process it. So this has been so fun. We need to wrap up. I, we could talk about this forever, but reading and um, reading books that are good books, you know, not that you can't read for pleasure and all that's good too. But when you're dealing with something in your home and you're trying to solve a problem, you've got to really dive in and read from, you know, what the experts are saying. So the books that we talked about. One little comment, not to inter- sorry to interrupt you, Melanie, but I just wanted to say that there are hundreds of books on this topic. And yeah. so please, 
if you're listening, go with the ones that are recommended because there are a lot of books out there that don't give good information and they can kind of draw you in, you know, with like, oh, well, this could be, let's a tech moderation book, you know, but really ones that we're recommending are vetted, like the people who wrote them are um, legitimately experts in their field and the information is helpful. So I think it's just important to really be careful to get too into some of the books that aren't giving science. Back. Right. And they need to be based on science. They really do need to be based in the research. And, um, exactly. you know, exactly. people say, well, you can make research say anything and you can, and that's the problem. And I've probably read over a hundred books about screens and you probably have too. We do have a book recommendation list on our website. We have a lot of books on there and then we have a lot of books that aren't on there. And so if there's a book that you think could be on there, please let me know if I haven't read it already, I will. And I will look at it and Dr. Stacy will look at it. There are reasons why certain books are not on our site uh, for those other reasons that we talked about. If they're not vetted and, and based in the correct medical science, we, we question that and we don't want people to get too lost with all that. So today we talked about, let's just go over the list, Disconnected with Tom Kirstein, The Teenage Brain by Francis Jensen, Breaking the Trance by George Lynn and Cynthia Johnson, The Collapse of Parenting, Hold On to Your Kids, Screen Schooled, The Wired, or it's called Wired Child, not The Wired Child, Wired Child. Grab those books. It's still a few more days till the end of summer. Actually, once your kids get back in school, you have more time. If you are a working parent, you have time during your day at lunch to read a couple chapters in a book instead of going through social media. Try to start converting your social media time personally to paper book reading. The thing I love about the paper books is that you can have a highlighter, you can have a pencil, you can make notes, you can go back and read certain sentences to your spouse. This is what my husband loves, (laughs) right? (laughs) When I'm reading a good book, I say, honey, listen to this. And he's like, oh no, here comes another one. So if you don't underline, you can't do that. So we are so glad everyone joined us today. I hope this helped. Dr. Stacy. thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. I think you've really encouraged us. Normally we end on a note of encouragement, but I think this whole thing was an encouragement. I think that uh, we just want to encourage everyone to start where you are right now. Don't, don't get overwhelmed you know, don't think you have to go read a hundred things. Just go find a couple things that sounded interesting today and pick those up. And I would say, get a good friend to read the book with you. So when you order a book, I have one friend, whenever she orders a book, she always orders two at a time. And sometimes she gives me one. Sometimes she gives one of her other friends one, but she just wants to have a buddy to read it with. So get one for your teacher too. get that screen school book for your teacher. When you're ordering books, um, listen to them on tape. If that's or audio, if that's what you need to do, that's better than nothing. You just sometimes can't, you know, underline <laughs> and keep up with that. But I hope that everyone enjoyed listening today. Our parent course, remember, is available. And we do have recommended books after every lesson in the parent course as well. Start planning your small group. School's getting ready to start. This is a time of year when everybody's starting things. So start your group at school and create your little village at your own school to do a book club. And you can start with a course. You can also start with one of these books. Our course includes the 30-day detox. If you want to detox your kids from toxic screens, we're not talking about taking away all their screens. They need some stuff for school, but they certainly don't need social media 
video games and pornography, which are the toxic screens that we work and help families to get rid of. We want you to join our community and get support from like-minded families. You need to do this. You cannot do this alone. And I want y'all to stay tuned. This is so exciting. This fall, we have some wonderful news and we have a new community that we're creating on our site. We are adding more interactive content for you. And Dr. Stacy will be assisting with that interactive content. So it's going to be very, very exciting. Dr. Stacy, what do you have to say about this? Oh, I'm so excited about what we have coming up. So everyone needs to stay tuned. And, you know, community is so important. And we are committed, of course, at Screen Strong to support everyone in raising healthy kids and raising healthy teenagers. And we hope that you'll continue to join us on this journey as we announce some new and exciting things that are coming up soon. Thank you so much for helping us with this. Again, this is our effort to bring the best experts to you and the medical doctors out there that have spent years and years on the field and in the field and in the research on this topic. You can join our uh, Facebook group too. We do have a Screen Strong Families Facebook group. We will be changing and spending a lot more of our time on the new thing that we're working on that will be announced this fall. But if you get in the Facebook group, we will have announcements in there about when we make that transition. So what is your homework? Go read some good books. So when you uh, are done with the podcast today, jump on your internet and go order some books. Share this podcast with some friends. And I always say five friends because I know if I say five, maybe you'll share it with two. But if you can share it with five friends, that would be awesome. This podcast is really growing. We have doubled our downloads actually in the last six months. So we're very excited for all of the promotion that you are doing. It really does make a difference and it does change a life. And it's super easy for you to uh, just promote the podcast. So we've got to get the word out. We can't do it without you. And this podcast is a perfect way to introduce someone to Screen Strong and actually have them talk about joining your tribe and your village and your little group that you want, because you need a group in order to just be successful with a Screen Strong lifestyle. So remember, we've got your back and we are here to help you. Until next time, stand up for your kids, stand out from the crowd and stay strong. Stay strong.